the Sound Barrier, Northeast State's official podcast. This is your host, April Allen, along with your co-host, Tom Wilson, coming to you today from the Entertainment Technology Studio at the Blountville campus. Today, we're pleased to welcome Northeast State student Sarah Grace Triplett and Northeast State alumna Jillian Cox to the show. Sarah Grace and Jillian are working in Northeast State's upcoming production of Alice in Wonderland. Sarah Grace and Jillian, welcome to our podcast. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited to hear about your shows coming up, previous shows, and just a little bit about yourself. So why don't we start off with you two introducing yourself. So whoever wants to go first. I'm Sarah Grace Triplett, um, and I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> I really, really like theater. I came here as a um, general studies student at first, um, and I, I honestly, I will take the crow and eat it because I really didn't have the best attitude about coming to Northeast State and now I'm probably one of the biggest Northeast State advocates ever. I've had the best experience here. Like it's been fantastic and I've loved every second of it and the friends that I've made, the experiences that I've had, the things that I've learned, the professors that I've had. It's been fantastic and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Awesome. Thank you. Jillian? Um, I'm Jillian Cox. Um, I have kind of a similar story to Sarah Grace, actually. Um, but I didn't want to come to college at all. I, I really had no interest in um, in pursuing higher education. Um, but I also didn't want to just, you know, do nothing. And so I, it was just kind of a natural next step. I went to um, high school at Sullivan South High School. Um, and it, Northeast State was just kind of like the next stepping stone um for me as someone who didn't know what they wanted to do it was free so um and now like Sarah Grace I'm I'm just the biggest advocate for Northeast State um I I didn't declare myself a theater major until my um second year everything since then has just been this really affirming um kind of thing that's it's I just love all my professors have been amazing um yeah Yeah. (laughs) awesome you both found your passion yes Yes, absolutely absolutely great so you both came not not necessarily as theater majors, but when right. you took that first theater class, was that did that kind of pique your interest, or when did you kind of get hooked on the whole process of theater? Well, I did do Barter Youth Academy in high school once, and then I was in the fundraiser for Nicewanger's Children's Hospital. It's called Broadway Comes to Greenville. I was in that, and those were the only two theater experiences that I'd had before coming here. Um, And then, yes, my first semester here, I did take an intro to theater class with Elizabeth Sloan, and she is precious, and I love her. (laughs) And uh, it did absolutely pique my interest, but I still hadn't, that was online, and so I still hadn't had the theater experience here until my second semester, which is when we did Wiley and the Hairy Man in the spring, and I played the the dog in that one, (laughs) Um, which, you know, is... I I wasn't a theater major, so I was so happy to get that role. Mm -hmm. And then I also took Brad McKenzie's Intro to Light and Sound class, and I would not be a theater major if it wasn't for that class and that professor. Mm -hmm. Um, He he was so engaging, and he just makes you believe that you can do it, even if you've never done anything like that before. I know how to hang theater lights and program them now, which is insane. And so he um, is just very encouraging, and... I, that is where I found my passion. And yes, I, I, after that class, after that semester, I did change my major to theater. Um, I had some, some theater experience in high school. I did our musicals and, um, theater classes and did plays. 
Um, and I, I had a love for theater before I came to Northeast State, but I had kind of uh, dismissed that as a possibility um, for me to pursue uh, at all, just thought that it was completely unrealistic. And then I took intro my first semester, and uh, I didn't change my major after that from general studies, but it did, it did make me feel like it was something that was possible. Um, and I finally ended up, just through my experience here, feeling like, okay, this is something that I can do. Um, and that I also took that intro to Light and Sound with Brad McKenzie um, with Sarah Grace. And I think that for, for both of us, that was a really big turning point in our attitudes toward theater because I was already a theater major at that point, but um, it, it just opened the door to all these other kind of possibilities and passions for me. Um, so that, yeah, that class did change a lot. Because I don't think a lot of people realize how many jobs are in theater. Yeah. And that class educated us more in regards to if you are a theater major, that doesn't mean you have to be on stage. You could program the lights or hang them or design something or be a stage manager. It just was very eye-opening to see how many other things you could do in theater practically if acting isn't your favorite thing. Hmm. Awesome. Honestly, I never really thought about it. Um, all the different aspects and everything. So shout out to Brad McKenzie. Yeah, <laughs> what yes, you doing? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so the new Northeast State theater show is Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So what are your roles in this production? Um, I play Alice, and I am also the lighting designer for the production. So how do you do both? Um, it's difficult. <laughs> um, it, it, something that I have found, actually, it is difficult because it is time consuming. And there are a lot of responsibilities, um, but it's also been kind of helpful in a sense that, um, for example, one aspect of, of my lighting design um, that I'm trying to incorporate is, you know, we're in Alice's imagination. That's what Wonderland is. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm trying to base a lot of the lighting on, on Alice's mood um, as, as we're going throughout Wonderland. And so nobody knows Alice's mood better than I do. (laughs) So I don't have to communicate with the actor and be like, okay, well, what do you think? You know, how are you feeling this? You know, whatever I because I can look for that inside myself. Um, So it is challenging. It is uh, time consuming. Um, But but it's also it has it has benefits, I think. It sounds like it works together. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Cool. Sarah Grace? Um, I play the white rabbit in Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) I'm also the puppet designer for the show. So the first meeting, I actually wasn't originally on the design team, but the first uh, video that our director put on Dropbox, giving information and insight to what his ideas were for the play, he had mentioned wanting some of the characters to be puppets, considering there are so many moving animals and and things, and we're people. So... um, When I heard that the play would be Alice in Wonderland, I was really excited about the design aspect of it, and we didn't have a puppet designer, and so I texted Brad McKenzie, (laughs) and I said, can I please design puppets? Have I ever done that before? No. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I am very, very excited to, to just kind of learn as we go. And it is educational theater, so I am excited to make the mistakes and learn. And then at the end of it, I'm going to know how to make puppets. Awesome. And um, you're going to be able to see the the puppets on stage, which is as well as myself. So I'm that's something that I'm very excited about. Some of the puppets that are going to be on stage are going to be the Cheshire Cat. It's going to be 
a couple of puppets. And he then... always creeped me out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. <laughs> Hopefully he won't too bad this time. <laughs> Bring your kids. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm very excited about that aspect of it and just doing those both together and learning as we go. So cool. Well, good for you. Creating Thank your you. own role there. <laughs> now, had you both, had you read the book? I mean, obviously it's some have, some might, it's a classic out there, but have you read the book? Did you either of you read the book? Um, I, I had read the book, um, when I was younger, I was a real reader <laughs> and, um, I, I got a Kindle, uh, for Christmas one year, a Kindle fire when they were really big. <laughs> and, uh, I, I had I downloaded everything that was free as often as I could because my, my parents, uh, they got me a Kindle so they could stop spending so much money on books. But as you know, books are cost money on the Kindle too, but there are some free ones and Alice in Wonderland was a free one. Um, and so I have read the book. Uh, it's been a long time, um, but I, I do remember just feeling, because it, it's very interesting. It's very um, trippy. <laughs> and I, I remember reading it, and I was probably not really old enough to be reading some of this other. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Uh, like a nine, ten-year-old kid, like, going through there and just kind of like, this is really weird. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was entertaining. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I had to read it in middle school as a reading requirement. And so that's the only thing that I do remember about it is being like, this is kind of strange. Um, <laughs> um, we're taking a more of a storybook sort of approach to it rather than the kind of weird, um, kind of trippy vibe. We're, mm-hmm. we're taking more of an approach of Alice's imagination and the things that she knows and things that she's seen and then her imagination just expanding on those things. Um, so that's, that's more of the turn that we took rather than the initial kind of creepy Cheshire cat <laughs> kind of weird worm with the mushroom. Right. And <laughs> the worm, the, the caterpillar's not in this play. So <laughs> he, he was a bit strange. He, yeah. he was, yes. he was. <laughs> yeah. So changing directions a little bit, mm-hmm. um, what were theater classes like during lockdown? So <laughs> I took my very first um, semester as a theater major was uh, the fall of 2020. Mm-hmm. So when everything was really fully online and um, I was in acting one, which was on Zoom so, <laughs> it uh, you know, I remember everybody being like, how are you going to do acting on Zoom? <laughs> um, which it was challenging, um, especially because I, I believe that usually in that class, um, it, that Elizabeth Sloan was our professor, and um, I believe usually there's more scene work than than monologue work, um, which was, we, we kind of tried to do that a couple times, but it's very difficult to do a scene with someone over Zoom. So we we did a lot of monologues. We would record ourselves and upload it for um, our classmates to give feedback and for Elizabeth to give feedback. Um, and I, I w- want to applaud her uh, because I'm sure that that is not an easy thing. And she was very good about uploading videos of herself and not just, you know, typing um, discussion responses, but giving um, really meaningful feedback, and and I really feel like I, I learned so much um, in that class. Um, most of the rest of my theater classes, I think, were at least semi in person, mm-hmm. um, but the acting one class definitely was a challenge, um, but but not something that we couldn't get around. I think. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
she still made the most of it and be- was Absolutely. still personable. Absolutely. Yes. And yes. We, that was very needed during that time. Absolutely. Yes, it was. Shout out to Elizabeth Sloan. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm about to give her another one. Um, <laughs> so I graduated in 2020 from high school. And thankfully, when I started getting into theater here, as I mentioned, they were starting to try and still make in-person experiences with the masks and everything and just accommodate regulations and... We were, we were trying to work that out as I was getting into it, so I'm thankful for that. But, however, my first semester here, I did have that intro to theater class online, and which was with Elizabeth Sloan. And I'm sure it would have been easier to just type discussion posts, but every week on Wednesdays, she posted a video just checking in. It was It's called like a check-in video or something, just so we could see her face and know that she was a real person who cared about us mm-hmm. and was making sure that we're good and if we needed any help we could ask her and that what she wasn't just some like robot behind a screen so right. she she put tremendous tremendous effort into being personable and being a resource and i think that was very intriguing as a new student at Northeast State to to know that there were professors like that in the theater department who were doing their best to make it the best experience for people who might be discouraged by the lockdown. So I really, really appreciated that. And that is something Elizabeth is has always been good at, is mm-hmm. showing yes. her students she cares. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And going that extra mile just proves even more that she cares. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. So that's awesome that y'all got to experience that. Yeah. yeah that kind of covers my next the question I had about how, how the professors kept the material fresh in that mm-hmm. kind of format video, but mm-hmm. you kind of answered, you really answered that question with, with mm-hmm. um, that. The next thing I was wondering about was you'd been on stage, you, Sarah Grace, you'd been with the Barter mm-hmm. Company, and then you'd also do musical, Jillian, you'd mm-hmm. do musicals in high school. Was it frustrating to be taking theater classes and yet be unable to get on stage? Because obviously it's live theater, but like fall, spring, um, until I guess last fall semester we had you'd not been able to get on stage what what was kind of that feeling um in in a sense it was frustrating um you know because (laughs) I started at Northeast State in the fall of 2019 um so I did have uh this fully in-person semester but um I was not involved in the theater department at that time, so I went and, and I saw Dark Rituals, and I, I got to see that, but I wasn't involved in it at all. So once I did get involved, it was, you know, <laughs> all online. Mm-hmm. So it was frustrating, but um, it was also really cool to see the way that we were able to adapt to our circumstances with um, the our radio production of Dracula and with Wiley and the Hairy Man. Um, the way that we were able to still find creative ways to um, get around that. And and honestly, when I played Mina in Dracula, that was my um, first production at Northeast State. And I, when I came into acting, I had no interest in doing anything other than live stage acting. And once we did that, I've now, like, I am really interested in, in voice acting or doing something with film because of that experience. So it was frustrating to not be able to be on stage, but it was also really cool um, to find new passions that I never would have explored if we hadn't been stuck in this situation. Um, I'll start out with 
it being discouraging at first. I think <laughs> I think Stella Adler did say that once you've been on stage, it doesn't. It's just not the same being in the audience. Yes, it was kind of discouraging that we couldn't put the stage acting into aspect into our performances. However, I appreciate so much the effort that the theater department put in and still making a way for us to put our art out and something to work towards while we're working through this discouraging time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's, I think it's really, again, a lot of effort in the, in the theater department's corner to, to try and think of new and fun ways to still incorporate our, our passions when, you know, some might even say that, that we, we couldn't and just kind of shut it down and wait. Um, Mm -hmm. but I really appreciate the, the effort put into finding a way around it and still being safe and still being cautious. So that was, that was something that I really appreciate. Innovation really came into play. Absolutely. (laughs) So you both have received Irene Ryan acting award nominations for your work in the show Wiley and the Hairy Man, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. (laughs) Good job. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, But since it was a show driven by puppetry, video and sound, how did you prepare for those roles since you weren't doing them on stage? We did it kind of the same way at first that they did Dracula. Um, we used the sound booths that were made for Dracula where they recorded again for Wiley and the Hairy Man and we pre-recorded it. We had several rehearsals where we practiced how we would say things and, and just our tone and, and training our voices for the task. And then once we were ready, we put, our, put ourselves in the COVID safe recording booths and recorded our voices ahead of time. And then we got onto the puppet stage and <laughs> and um, matched the movements with the voices we had already recorded. Okay. So was that challenging? That sounds challenging. It was. It was, it yes. was. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and and that's something else that Jillian mentioned is that we have learned so much that we wouldn't have even been initially mm-hmm. interested in. Puppetry, I'm doing puppets now. Your face lights <laughs> up every time you say puppets. Just so <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's crazy. Have, would I have ever thought about that before? I would have never thought about that before. And, and Brad did communicate with the Dracula students who participated in that the semester before and said, what did you like? What would you change? And so I think the students who did, were in Dracula all said that they really had fun, but they wanted to kind of see something mm-hmm. because when you were listening, you didn't really know where to look or, you know, yeah, you just a- kind of like had to close your eyes and imagine. <laughs> and so they, they had said that they wanted to um, have some visuals. And Brad McKenzie did do the Imagination Library uh, for Dolly Parton, something about that. And that's where he had the idea to do puppets because there was like a puppetry theater, paper theater aspect to that. And that's where he got the idea. And so our set designer, Richard Curtis, got to work on the um, eight foot by eight foot set and the actors went underneath the set and did the puppets from below and stuck them above for the whole set. And so um, we we wore masks underneath there, but it was a tight space and uh, our arms got tired and (laughs) um, and we reshot, we shot and reshot. And there was a whole first scene that we had to redo um, because of 
the 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 camera and that's another thing Brad McKenzie is a theater director he's not a video editor (laughs) and so he was learning with us and he did an amazing job and even the uh Kennedy Center folks who reviewed the play said that they couldn't tell that it was our first time doing that so um So we had a lot of fun. There were a lot of new challenges and a lot of new things that we learned that we love that we never would have known. So yeah, absolutely. a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yes, right. Now, Sarah Grace, you portrayed um, Eleanor in the Haunting of Hill House, that the fall twenty twenty one production. Now that was the first live theater show we'd had since Dark Rituals, and almost two years, I guess, going back to, yeah, Dark Rituals was two years ago. Now, were you nervous at all to, to be back on stage mm-hmm. since that was kind of the return to the stage? Or what, mm-hmm. what were kind of the emotions that opening night? So, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the first play at Northeast State since uh, Dark Rituals, yes. But for me, it was the first live performance since 2018. Oh, wow. So, um there were a lot of nerves and a lot of people around me who do this all the time. And so I had to shut out the thoughts that m- maybe somebody who does it all the time should be doing this. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I had people around me who were very, very encouraging and reassured me that I could do it. And I needed that. I really did because it was a large task, not only for having been on stage live for the first time since 2018, but also the longest play with the most amount of lines that I have ever had to learn or memorize. With that and being around a lot of people who do it all the time, I had to tell myself that that I could do it and I was put here for a reason and mm-hmm. and just constant reassurance to myself and for a lot of people like, like Jillian and Brad and a lot of other cast members that I have met during that production and now am best friends with who are very encouraging and um, definitely the best theater experience that I have already had and probably will for a, a while. And, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was so much fun. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good for you. You did it anyway. <laughs> yeah. You did it scared. <laughs> I did it scared, and there was a lot of screaming. <laughs> well, that just worked out, didn't it? It did. It did. <laughs> you let that out. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Well, so, <laughs> so, Jillian, mm-hmm. um, during the Haunting of the Hill House production, you were stage manager. Yes. What does a stage manager do in a production, and was that your first time in that particular role? So a stage stage management is a very big job. Um, it's it's a lot of responsibility. Um, you're a stage manager is basically the director's like right hand man. Um, you are in charge of communicating everything with the cast and the crew. Um, you're you're kind of the go between between the director and the cast and crew. You have to make sure everybody's there on time. You're really responsible for <laughs> responsible no for pressure. everybody. Um, yeah, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> I ran our production meetings. Um, I ran our um, warm-ups before rehearsal. And then during all of our rehearsals and production meetings, I take uh, notes and do reports. You During the show, uh, during the actual run of the show and during um, tech, the 
stage manager is up in the booth on headset with the um, assistant stage manager who is backstage cueing people and whoever is running lights and running sound and you're calling the cues for the show. So you really have to know where everybody is and what everybody is doing all the time. Um, so you know exactly when to call you know, the cues mm-hmm. and, and if something goes wrong, yeah. um, what to do. So it's, a, it's very, um, during shows, it's very like fly by the seat of your pants. Like if something goes wrong, you got to adapt really quickly um, and, and figure out the next move, which was, um, it was my first time doing it. <laughs> this was my first time. This was um, my first uh, live show in college, obviously. And so it not only had I not done stage management before, but you know, stage management for our radio production and for our puppet show, Wiley and the Harry Man, was not the same as a live show. So I had never really even seen a stage manager fully in action before. So it was it was very much a learning experience. Wow. Um, and and I am <laughs> I am not someone who's known for being adaptable <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> I'm I'm not um, necessarily known for being a quick problem solver. So this was a this was a very um, I'm very organized. So that aspect of scheduling everything and and keeping up with everyone was not a challenge. But the the biggest challenge for me was calling the shows and and um, being able to solve issues quickly. But I, I learned, and um, <laughs> I think it went okay. <laughs> yeah, I will applaud her because there was one scene that the only time that I got entirely, completely correct was during dress rehearsal one time. Oh, wow. And not only that, but there was um, a lot of light cues a that went cues. that yeah. went with what I said, and I never got it wrong in the same spots. It was always something different <laughs> that I got wrong, and every single time you could not tell because of the cues that she called and she adapted so quickly. Oh, so awesome. Thank See, you. you did it and didn't know you could. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Awesome. And just to follow up on that, Jillian, something we were talking about um, before kind of off mic, you participated in something called the Next Steps yes. program, and that has led to a pretty big deal, as they say in the business, for you here recently. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, at the the Kennedy Center um, American College Theater Festival, um, there is a program that you can participate in called Next Steps where you will submit. Um, you can do it as an actor or a designer. I chose to um, participate mainly as an actor. So you submit either a design portfolio or a, a monologue audition um, and a resume, and you fill out some information about yourself. Um, and then colleges um, from across our region can look at that and, um, you know, schedule callbacks or interviews. So I participated in that because I graduated from Northeast State in the spring of um, 2021. And um, some of my <laughs> college plans kind of fell through um, and I ended up having to stay. And I, I wasn't really sure where I was going to go next. So the Next Steps program was a really good opportunity for me. So um, I submitted my audition and I heard back from some colleges, and then I got an email from the Stella Adler Studio of Acting in New York City, um, wow. which was very exciting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> very surprising. And they had... Um, not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had expressed that they would like to schedule a callback audition, and most of these other colleges had... Um, their callback was an interview, like a conversation about the college. 
um, that you could schedule on your time. Uh, Stella Adler was like, this is when the callback is, tell us if you're coming or not, and prepare this monologue. <laughs> oh, wow. So um, I did that. Normally, I, I feel like this is something that I, I would be like, wow, that's cool, but I am terrified, and I'm not going to do that because that's so frightening. Um, but, but <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I'll just tell everybody that I got the callback, and I don't need to do it. Um, but something that uh, both Elizabeth and Brad have really instilled in me is this run towards fear attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kept that in mind, and oh. I scheduled my callback um, over Zoom. It was with a very nice man named Ryan, <laughs> and and um, I th- three people I believe got um, callbacks, and so I went in. The other two people left. I did my audition, um, and I had a, a interview conversation. And at the end of it, he said that he would like to invite me to the final round of callbacks in New York. Um, so I. I decided I had made it that far, so I might as well keep going. Yes. (laughs) Um, I had the option to submit a video audition instead of going in person, which, of course, I would rather go in person. But um, with our play schedule, I didn't really have time. So I submitted my video audition um, a few weeks ago, and then I had to wait a couple weeks for them to have their in-person auditions. I had to film another monologue and do this little um, personal statement about myself. Um, And then... This past week, I was waiting on an email response. I was told every candidate would receive um, a decision at some point. And I got a phone call. And normally, if I get a phone call from an unknown number, I'm not answering that. (laughs) Um, So I looked at it, dismissed it, and then I saw that it was from New York City. And I was like, everybody shut up. (laughs) (laughs) This is important. (laughs) So uh, luckily, I was with with all my theater friends. So that was a really special moment because I answered the phone and I put it on speaker. (laughs) And um, he told me that I had been accepted into their professional conservatory program. That's awesome. Um, So now I have the opportunity, um, you know, and there there are other colleges um, that I have, you know, toured and expressed interest in, but I now have this opportunity to go to this um, professional conservatory for acting in New York, which is just an amazing opportunity and and something that I, I never would have, I never would have gotten that opportunity had I not had, um, the foundation that I have from Northeast State and mm-hmm. had I not stayed here and, and worked with Northeast State through all of the, um, mm-hmm. what I felt like were mishaps at the mm-hmm. time and, mm-hmm. and difficult circumstances, um, but really led me to to this point. So Absolutely. I'm very thankful that's for that. Amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That's so impressive. Of, Thank you. Sure, we're very proud of you. Yeah, that's, that's really incredible. <laughs> yeah. Testament to you and everything you've your, your talent. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and in spite of all the adversity mm-hmm. that you faced. Right. I mean, exactly. look at you, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, That's it's been awesome. it's been a it's been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. So you started off general studies and you're gonna end up in New York in theater. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you never know where life's gonna take you. Never exactly. know, never know. <laughs> but it's taking you there because you're taking those chances. Yes. Right, right. So yes. good for you. Thank you so much. Run to yeah. fear. Run to yes. fear. Run, Run towards, towards fear. fear. Run Boss towards up fear. and change your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's our motto. I like that. Say that again. Boss up and change your life. Boss up and change Lizzo. your life. It's a Lizzo. It's a Lizzo song. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. Run to fear, y'all. Yes. yes. It will change your life. Yes. It will. I mean, Absolutely. these two girls are perfect examples of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so speaking of um, impressive things, Sarah Grace, um, not only are you an actor, but you're writing a novel. So tell us about it. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm a storyteller in every sense of the word, um, whether it's on stage or writing 
Um, actually, it was writing first. And then after my theater experience, I'm thinking, well, maybe I could write plays. And I am right now. Um, awesome. I just, it's something that I try to do every day. It's a passion of mine. It's something that I, I have, I have a lot of stories in me and I just want to, <laughs> I just want to tell people what's in my heart and brain. So yes, uh, the novel is a British detective mystery, a British murder mystery. I'm interested already. Um, (laughs) Agatha Christie is one of my biggest people that I look up to. (laughs) Um, Agatha Christie, I, I have so many books of hers. It's just, I'm also a big England person and I'm trying to get with study abroad so I can go. Um, I, one of my biggest life goals is to go to England. And so a lot of my fiction stories are based in England. It's about a detective uh, named Sebastian and his detective sergeant, Hercules Alloway. And um, Nice name. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And uh, they have some trouble because um, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of things that get thrown at them and that are seemingly impossible to solve. There's a mysterious weapon that the uh, medical examiner can't really identify what it is and they're like well great now we have to find this weapon that we don't know what it is (laughs) and um yeah it's it's a complete story it's not edited though so I'm I'm hoping to to get an editor and have it published because it is a complete novel length so um (laughs) I'm hoping to I'm hoping to do something with that but right now it's in a vault (laughs) that's amazing thank you for you now is this your first novel yes ma'am have you written like short stories or anything like that that's the thing I I get kind of hung up on character arcs and character development and um I'm not really sure how to write a short story because I I want to see growth in the characters as the Mm -hmm. story moves along and I've tried. It's just not something that comes easy to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So you should submit your work to Echoes and Images. I actually have. I did my first semester here, and I don't think any results, but I, I did submit a poem this this semester, uh, this past semester. So, I, you know, we'll see. It was just kind of one of those things. I, I mean, I have it on my computer, so I submitted it. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you for trying. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Now, and this question's for both of you. When does theater... When do you kind of see a play, either a play you're in or you see a play and you see it really going well when it really rises to a level of being a great piece of art, of really being able to communicate well to the audience and everything is kind of hitting on all cylinders? Um, I I think that what makes a piece of art great is honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, when when the actors and the designers – and the production team are are bringing that sense of honesty and and vulnerability to the art. I think that, that that's when you really see it rise. When you're watching a play and you feel like I feel seen, like I relate mm-hmm. to that character, or if not relating to that character, you at least have a sense of empathy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that empathy is is the biggest tool of a theater artist mm-hmm. um, is the ability to to relate to other people and to have compassion for them. Um, and that's I think when you really see theater rising to its best is when you see people who are honest, who have empathy, and who are, are willing to put that out there and not be afraid of looking stupid. Wow. Yeah, see, that would be me. I would be <laughs> like, there's no way I could express myself like this because I would feel stupid. So that's mm-hmm. amazing that, I mean, you said it perfectly, mm-hmm. that you right. just have to put yourself out there and 
you know, it's run, toward, run towards fear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, for me, there's something another one of my favorite authors says about storytelling, and that's like what Jillian said. He says, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And automatically people are going to relate to that and resonate with that. And there's something kismet about theater, I think, when you're doing it with these people who also love it and doing it for these people who will enjoy it. Um I'm about to start crying. Holy I know, cow. I know. I'm emotional. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Um, you work with these people, and I think when you start to see a production come together, uh, for me, it's when, you know, you're you're thrown into a cast of maybe random people. Thankfully, Alice in Wonderland this, this semester, it's full of people who auditioned last semester just because, hey, it's something fun to do, mm-hmm. and they found the passion for it that like we said before it was it wasn't there before and then they learned and last semester it was just a bunch of you know kind of new people that we didn't know each other and now this semester it's all the same people again and we're friends and we we've worked together before we know how to work with each other we have the same passion for it and same respect for each other and for the craft as as everybody else and i just think there's something so beautiful about that and when you start getting to know these people and uh, working with them every day at rehearsals, sometimes not even the best days, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to get through it. It can be grueling. And, you know, I think when it starts to come together is when I'm friends with these people and, and you're working with each other and you're doing it together mm-hmm. and you start to realize that you're doing it together, even though six weeks ago you didn't know their name or who they were or that they existed (laughs) um and it's working with each other every day it's it's being so vulnerable with each other every day and just expressing yourself so vulnerably every day and then realizing that you're working with these people with the same respect for it as you and getting to know them and getting to work with them and getting to be friends with them and having those intimate relationships that's when it comes together for me that's awesome so teamwork Yes, yes, absolutely. Teamwork yeah, makes the dream work. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so you may have already touched on this a little bit in your previous responses, but what does live theater seek to give audiences? Like, what is the main goal? I think there's something very magical about live theater, um, and I think that nobody appreciates live theater more than all the theater people who had to do mm-hmm. everything through COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and, and, you know, as I said, there's, there's opportunities and interests and passions that I found through, you know, those radio plays and those things that I never would have discovered before. But, but once we got back on stage, um, I think everybody felt that sense of, like, you, you can see in real time that you are serving the audience. Mm-hmm. You can see in real time that you are serving the script and the playwright and um, the story that you're telling because um, you can you can record your voice and, mm-hmm. and, and I love doing that and it's really fun and, and you can find a lot of things in that. But when you are being somebody else and you are doing it in front of all these people who want to be told a story, who came there because they enjoy that and they are watching you, um, there's something I think very magical about that, as Sarah Grace mentioned, the relationship that you're having between yourself and the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, there is just something very, very special about, about live theater um, and getting to do that in front of people in, in real time. Yes, absolutely. Um, in Elizabeth's intro class, I think mm-hmm. one of the first 
lesson she teaches is what is theater for? Hmm. And it's like, what is the purpose of theater? I think is how she phrased it. And it's, it's to connect Mm -hmm. and it's to bring together and, (laughs) and, um, like Jillian said, and it's something that I hadn't even thought about until, until she just said it, it's, you forget the audience is there when you're acting. It's dark out there. You're doing your thing that you've rehearsed for months and months and, and you're, you're acting, but, and you know, you've worked so hard and you've sweated and you've cried and all of this. Mm -hmm. And then you, you say something or do something and then you hear a chuckle or you hear, uh, you know, uh, oh no, (laughs) or, or something. And you just hear that live and you're like, I'm making them feel something. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, it's such That's a awesome. good feeling. That's awesome. You're connecting. Yes, yes. you're making you're connection. connection. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Theater is is unity. It's mm-hmm. very much, um, and I've said this before, but it, it's it's you're you're bringing awareness to unique stories and and what differences that you have, but you are also bringing attention to all the ways that we are so similar and the mm-hmm. ways that we relate to each other as human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's just something that that you don't quite get in a, in a movie mm-hmm. or in a radio something is when you are together and you're feeling that together. And mistakes happen too. Yeah. Live on stage always, it's never going to be perfect, mm-hmm. um, no matter how many times you rehearse it. And you find a way around that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the times you, you tell your one of your friends and they're like, oh, really? But at the <laughs> same time, you're like, oh, no, oh, no. Um, but there are hopefully a lot of things mm-hmm. that go well. And I just think it's the making people feel things mm-hmm. for me that just and in hearing it live like Jillian said that yeah. just makes theater different from every other art form mm-hmm. that's awesome as a major also you work all all you take classes and you work all semester and you lead up to this production mm-hmm. and I can t- maybe you can answer this a bit this is sort of a question it's one of the few if not only majors I know where people will pay money to come see your final exam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. What, what's that, what is that feeling like? You know, hey, people care enough to see what I've worked on all semester. Mm-hmm. I That's really special to me. And that's something that, you're right, no no other major, <laughs> uh, you know, does that. And, and I've told my friends before, uh, when I came to Northeast State, I did not make friends easily. And I was very closed off. And I feel like if you are, you know, an English major or a biology major, that's what makes it different from those is because it's so much more vulnerable and so much mm-hmm. more, there's so much more opportunity for, you know, vulnerability and getting to know people and working with people rather than going to class and taking your exams and writing notes and everything. I just feel like there's more opportunity for interaction between individuals that creates those relationships. And I think that's such a blessing to me because, it wasn't easy for me at first, and um, now it is. So, <laughs> so I think it's also very validating um, when that happens because, as theater majors, really more than any other major, you are constantly being told. You know, someone asks you what's your major, and you say I'm a theater major, and they say, "Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. so what are you going to do with that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, more than any, I think people don't really take that seriously but at the end of the day who are you again coming to pay to see my final exam yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes. right you know so right you're already making money well, yeah. Making money, but yeah right <laughs> at least making money for other people right. <laughs> yeah. as of right now <laughs> right 
Well, ladies, it has been so much fun. Well, you have made you this so, so easy, and it has been an enjoyable episode, mm-hmm. and we've had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I like to end the episode with random questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the random question is, if you were a type of chocolate, what type of chocolate would you be and why? Okay. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me think. So you got white chocolate, dark chocolate, milk mm-hmm. chocolate, mm-hmm. chocolate with caramel, chocolate with nuts. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about SpongeBob. All the above. <laughs> <laughs> that one's SpongeBob episode. Chocolate. <laughs> I think I think I would be milk chocolate. Milk chocolate. I think I'd be milk chocolate because I just love dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I love cheese. Um, <laughs> oh, I love cheese too. I can't stop, and I. I can't think of any person like personality reason yeah. why I, I just I just resonate with milk it's chocolate. The sweetest She's one. dependable. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> you're so that sweet. That was sweet. Yeah, you're so sweet. It's it's dependable. You know you're you know you're gonna like milk chocolate. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know? absolutely. <laughs> I think I would be you know those little Ghirardelli squares with the raspberry in the middle that oh, come out on Valentine's yes. Day. I would be the Ghirardelli milk chocolate with raspberry in the middle. <laughs> oh, that, good that's me because the chocolate is sweet and then it's like tart in the middle and it's red and, <laughs> and I have, a surprise and middle. it's a surprise and I have red hair and it's like raspberries I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, well, now Alice in Wonderland opens mm-hmm. April 14th yes WRCPA theater here on the Bluntville campus mm-hmm. um, we have three evening performances and one matinee is that right yes um, we have performances Thursday through Saturday. Um, we'll have an evening performance Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Saturday we'll also have our matinee show. Mm-hmm. And for tickets, northeaststate.edu forward slash theater mm-hmm. or forward slash box office, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Well, Jillian, Sarah, Grace, thank you both so much for appearing on The Sound Barrier. Um, really enjoyed this episode mm-hmm. and, and know the know Alice in Wonderland is going to be a, a stellar effort like always. Thank you again <laughs> thank so you much. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> did you all rehearse that? And no, rehearsed in stereo. We do that all the time. <laughs> it's always the same tone of voice, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. And thanks again. And thank you. Thank you. Folks, we come to the end of another episode of The Sound Barrier. If you like this episode, go subscribe, hit the like button. We're on all your favorite streaming services, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can just go to thesoundbarrier.net. That's thesoundbarrier.net. Click and subscribe. That's our website. Also, if you like Northeast State, and you should, go to to northeaststate.edu, northeaststate.edu for Northeast State Community College. Summer and fall class registration starts March 28th. We'd love to see you out here majoring in theater, entertainment technology, or a host of other majors that we know you enjoy and love and move you forward in anything you want to do. You're all welcome. This is The Sound Barrier. We'll see you next time.